New Year. New variant. New men seeking tomahawks. Yes. Why not? Dan, we're back. It's it's the show that is what it's men seeking tomahawks. It's a show that won't go away. Like I have several other things in life. Like you think you're getting rid of it. You take a, like a week goes by. Okay, maybe maybe they're done. Maybe it's over. <laughs> Can we, can we can we go back outside? Nope. No. No, unfortunately not. So this is The Men Seeking Tomahawks. It is I, Jack Drastic. It is he, Mama's fancy boy, Danny Franks. And Danny, worth resetting here, correct? Uh, what is, what am Men Seeking Tomahawks? This show is a variety podcast. It is variety talk and independent music hosted by two former professional wrestlers who absolutely never talk about professional wrestling. So there's that. And Dan, you know, as we head into the new year, we're all, we're all making our, our, our resolutions. We're all aiming at getting better. And uh, one thing that I want to commit to the audience that will improve on this show this year is that we will no longer involve ourselves in chicanery. No more bits, guys. We that is that is our number one. No more bits. We you have our guarantee that from now on the last ep, the last segment of the show we are no longer allowing some zany character to burst in here and you know just do just commit tomfoolery. No more. And, and you know, it's a shame because that was a lot of people's favorite part of the show. But you know what? Like, we we don't want to be the, the butt of any jokes. And that's what it was turning into. Yeah, we don't want to associate with those kind of people, Dan, to be honest. We don't we don't need that kind of listenership. No, and since, uh, you know, our, our names are on the billboard, right? The one that blinks at night. Uh, we make the decision. So, uh, sayonara bits. Out of here. Yeah. Indeed. And, guys, more about that coming up next. After this. Coming soon to the fabulous conference room A at the Best Western Extended Stay in beautiful Decatur, Texas. I was selected fourth overall by the New York Jets. Trevor Rendezvous presents his all-new one-man show, Debrickashaw, the life and times of Debrickashaw Ferguson. The last time the Jets used their first pick on a tackle was 1988 when they selected Dave Cadigan of USC at number 8. You will watch in amazement as Trevor Rendezvous transforms into the three-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle from the New York Jets before your very eyes. My given name was inspired by Father Ralph de Bricassart a character in the 1977 novel, The Thornbirds. We apologize in advance for selling you the whole seat, because you'll only need the edge of your seat as Trevor Rendezvous spins the yarn that is the legendary story of the pride of Freeport, New York, Debrickashaw. I attended Freeport High School in the Long Island village of Freeport, New York, I nearly gave up football during this freshman year in high school. You'll laugh. I started my college career listed at 260 pounds, 118 kilograms, often dropping to 245, which is 111 kilograms, through the regular season. You'll cry. I played linebacker on a special defense package employed sparingly in the 2003. You'll think, hey, it kind of sounds like this guy is just reading off of DeBrickashaw Ferguson's Wikipedia page. You are totally wrong about that, my guy. Designated as Jason Fabini's successor, I started every game at left tackle for the Jets since the beginning of the 2006 NFL season. Do not miss the most anticipated one-man show in all of Decatur, Texas this year. Limited tickets available at the box office now. Dial 940-627-5982 for details. Trevor Rendezvous is... Tabrickashaw. 
Okay, Dan, and we're back. That was great. Like, how exciting is it that, you know, as soon as we decide we're going to, like, put this show on the right path in the new year, advertisers jump on board. We got people wanting to, to support the show. It's amazing. Clamoring. Clamoring. Clamoring to be a part of this. Look, it, it may be late-stage capitalism. It's still capitalism, right? Am I right? Hey, money's still hey. green, is it? Or is it not? Is it not, Dan? And so, anywho... Look at you. You know what you just did? You just gave a segue, Dan. That's that's why they pay you the big bucks. Because just like Danny said, the money's green. This evening, we're going to be talking about something else that is green. We will be discussing the electric vehicle, specifically the slew, I dare say, of electric trucks coming at you soon. You know, it is... Uh... We just wrapped up CES week, so uh, and CES can be commute. Yeah, easy for me to say. Uh, it's the electronic show, the consumer electronic show happens every year in Vegas. Even with the pandemic, there was a form of it. And uh, funny enough, one of the the show stealers of the whole show was the variety, the myriad of electric vehicles that were there, including the truck. So very timely for anyone who maybe has been following that as well. For once, we're going to be timely, Dan. So yes, coming up next, guys, we are going to discuss the ins and outs of electric trucks. But first, we are going to start off with just a little bit of indie music from the Isle of Man. This is Torin with One More High right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. exclamation point with one more high and they are jack an indie group from across the pond from where we sit now from the isle of man and you can hear more like that at menseekingtomahawks.com back to you thank you dan so guys like we said this evening we are going to talk a little bit about the electric vehicle uh this first segment we're going to kind of break down 
why why I want maybe I don't know where Dan stands on it just yet. We'll get there. It's a little bit of a tease for you. And then later on tonight, I think we'll discuss a little bit about your options and uh, kind of you know put our stink on it. Tell you what you, what we think here. So Dan, I, I've been I've I've been fascinated by the electric vehicle for a few years now, as I think a lot of people have. And the reason for me is kind of twofold, right? Because it, it seems to be an environmentally conscientious option, but also kind of appeals to the 13-year-old uh, boy in me, right? Because when you start to see these things uh, in terms of performance, they've got hundreds of horsepower, and it doesn't appear as if there is a uh, an option similar when speaking about internal combustion engines. You know, you, you know, with this 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 most recent round of new options, these trucks are all having hundreds and hundreds of horsepower for a price tag that you couldn't you couldn't go to the to the the dealership right now and say, hey, I want to give you this amount of money. And I want to get this amount of performance. It just doesn't seem, it seems unmatched right now. Yeah, it's pretty cool when I started seeing some of the, especially the more recent Teslas and their performance, and their zero to 60 times. And I'm not a big car person, but like when you see, okay, zero to 60 in four seconds, it's like that's amazing no matter what. And it's like, oh, it's an electric vehicle, by the way. That's like, you know, for, for a layman like me, I can see that. I'm like, okay, so no longer are electric vehicles like puttering down the road and you're having to you know, plug them in every 30 seconds just to like justify, Hey, I'm not using any gas. Like now from a performance standpoint, at least, you know, fun, fun to drive and power to drive and all that. Like they're right up there. If not better, like you said, well, checks, checks a lot of boxes, right? Because you're, you're, you're thinking about the environment. You're thinking about having fun, having, you know, we don't, we don't mind the fun having, right. But then also apparently safety is, 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 a uh, is pretty high up there in terms of what you're getting uh, with these options. Hey, now, now to set the table, have you ever driven an electric vehicle? Because I've not. I nor have I. I. I've had a little bit of experience with hybrids, and I was fine with that. Uh, still considering hybrids, which we'll we'll get into later. But no, no, I've I've never actually had the opportunity to drive an electric vehicle. You've ridden in one? No, no, I have not. I haven't not, I'm going, this is, I feel, and that's what's so exciting to me about this. It just feels like we're uh, completely going into, you know, new territory. Even though there's tons of people who have, there's a lot of people who have not, and I'm one of them. Yeah, no, it's, I, I've only ridden in one even twice, I think. Once was like six or seven years ago. So, I mean, pretty early in the, the Tesla lifespan. And it was an Uber ride, actually, when I was on a business trip to San Diego, and the Uber pulled up, and it was a Tesla. And I was like, okay, that's pretty sweet. And yeah, you know, the, the first feeling you get is when it comes to a stop at a stoplight, and then it's just silence. You know, mm -hmm. no engine yeah. running, no no idling, no no anything. And then, you know, when it drives, it just kind of feels, it feels like a Jetson car, right? Kind of almost has that same, you know, that same sound taking off. Yeah. And then, yeah, more recently, ridden in a Tesla as well, the same thing. Um you know, more progress like electronics and, and kind of features and stuff. But yeah, I, we're, we're both kind of uh, a little bit noobs when it comes to electric vehicles. Yeah. No, it's funny. Here's, here's an odd bit of relevance here. Several years ago, I guess on like PlayStation 3 or 2 maybe, I had a driving simulator game called Gran Turismo. Yeah. I don't, do, do you remember that yeah. one? I pronounced Turismo, and, but... Turismo, I don't know. I'm probably messing writing. up lots of things here. Yeah, exactly. I remember one of the unlockable vehicles was a concept car made by Nike. Was <laughs> like it, and it was an electric car. Yeah. I was like, okay, what? I don't care. And I just remember because Turismo, or however you pronounce it, was was supposed to be this very granular simulator. Like it wasn't. It was fun, but it was more like this is actually how cars. Yeah, exactly. And I remember getting in this weird little Nike electric car, and it would, as soon as you hit the X button, 
it was going 90 miles an hour. It's like, oh, okay. So, and then you, you got the wheels turning, like, I guess, you know, like you said, there is this uh, sentiment about electric cars in the past having been little putt-putt uh, Toyota Prius kind of things, right? Not fun, not really practical, don't go over very fast. But when I saw that, and this was years ago, I was like, okay, maybe there's something here in the future, right? Yeah, yeah, and I and I think my first exposure to the idea of the electric vehicle might have been that documentary, The Who Killed the Electric Car. Have you seen yeah. that one a while back? Yes. Yeah, so that's one that's, um, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but at one time it was, and that was almost about like the, the you know, big car manufacturer like trying to push back yep. on the idea of, you know, the, these new vehicles that might, you know, crumble the industry or change their industry as they know it. Um, yeah, so that was like 2006 was when that docu- documentary came out. But I want to say those cars that it was talking about were like from the mid 90s. So this is not like it feels like a new thing, but it's something that's kind of been bubbling under the surface. And, you know, things we'll get into a little bit later, I'm sure, um, are what have brought it more to the forefront. But it's it's yeah. been a concept, as you, you said, uh, for quite some time. No, no, that's a really interesting situation there, because for years and years, you, you hear that sort of thing popping up where. Heck, there's been. I think we. I think we in the the original eighty two. We did a show about uh, an air power an air powered car that was coming out of India, right? And that was that was only about five years ago. But even before that, like you said, mid nineties, there were electric cars. They were doing very well. They were starting to, you know, get into a a, a realm where they might be infringing upon the status quo with the you know big oil and all that. Blah blah blah. This is nothing new because, and even like you'll start to, when you start to delve into it, you'll, you'll start to see that decades and decades and decades ago, that even before internal combustion engines, there were water powered vehicles that worked on steam or they had just big old batteries. Uh, and that's an interesting, you know, rabbit hole to go down too. So this is something that's been there, you know, how, yeah, I don't want to speculate too much past that but that is definitely a thread that has been there and like you said the the cat's out of the bag you know there's there's lots of people who are interested in doing something different and and now we're here and now it's not just crazy elon musk it's ford and chevy who are you know getting in on it and if you look at it again you're you're not only talking about you know giving someone the opportunity to do something that's better for the environment but also, we, we have studies showing that overall, the cost of ownership is is less with with one of these. I mean, the, the price tag is high, but and the, and the insurance, from what I understand, might be something worth considering. But because these are very simple electric machines, doesn't seem like you have the same uh, investment in terms of maintenance, which drives the cost of ownership down. Yeah. And you know, some of the exciting things to me is it seems like these companies are being forced to innovate not only from, you know, the electric versus gas, but you know, you see Tesla being one of the first car companies that has the self-driving vehicle or the assisted driving vehicle. And I'm sure those kind of developments are going to then force the hand of all the other car manufacturers to keep up because, you know, we talked about how in the mid nineties, they had, you know, some of these electric experiments coming out of those big car manufacturers but, you know, it's not a coincidence, I don't think, that now that Tesla is breaking through the mainstream, getting more significant market share, that now all these car companies that have had this technology available to them and developed for decades at this point are just now deciding to come out with those vehicles on a more widespread basis. So, like, we already see, okay, Tesla and, and you know, mainly Tesla. We'll just not even act like there's other other people at the present time doing anything It's uh, that are is like pulling the rest of the car companies along. But the fact that Tesla is uh, taking market share from them is kind of forcing their hand. And Tesla is also innovative in some of those more um, techie type things and, and features and new, uh, you know, new initiatives. And they're now, you know, kind of probably going to pull those other car manufacturers along to keep up with the Joneses that way as well. So I think it's exciting, uh, even if you're not into the electric vehicle, like just the progress that this is um, 
requiring them to, to, to make. And it really is, you know, the internal combustion engine has been largely unchanged for a century at this point. So, and a lot of it's just them, you know, the manufacturers resting on their laurels and now they can't do that anymore. No, I, I do think I agree with you. I think Tesla is a bit of a catalyst, but I'm, I'm willing to also look at the problematic side of that. And we'll get into that a bit later. I will say this though, you know, I think that the naysayers, cause obviously, uh, you know, everything, God, you know, everything is polarizing at this point, right? There's, there's not one thing that anybody's in the middle ground on electric vehicles are absolutely polarizing. And I do want to give credit to the naysayers, you know, the people who are anti electric vehicle and maybe explore some of the, you know, general objections they have. And, and one of them being, and I don't know how often you see this, but I feel like it pops up in my news feed at least once or twice a month, but you always, always, always hear about a Tesla catching on fire <laughs> or a Tesla in an auto mode running into something like you, you you've seen these, right? Yeah. They're, they're pretty, pretty, pretty frequent, right? Are, are they, or is it just like, because it's the new kid on the block and the new technology, mm. is it just one of those things where it's going to be more amplified when that happens? Like you, we yeah. not often, but you still will drive down the road and see cars on fire. And so far, when I see a car on fire on the side of the road, they have not been Teslas. So it's not just Teslas that are, you know, blowing up. Uh, this is happening for other reasons with other vehicles. Uh, the same thing, you know, with the, the runaway car on auto driver mode that's plowing through things. Uh, then you start looking through it. And some of those stories say, oh, this person, like, actually hacked the computer and, like, overrode yeah. some settings. So, you know, there's always more to the story. But I think there's definitely... Uh, that contingent of people that enjoy, and I don't know if you're going to get into this, but Elon Musk does turn himself into a villain from time to time. So I do let's, think there's lots of people yeah. who who like to celebrate some failures that might, you know, bring some some right. shame upon his name. No, we'll go there. We'll go there in the next segment. My, my, but but you do touch upon something that I think is a keystone thing with this show is how we strive to point out anecdotal versus empirical evidence. I, I, if I don't do anything else in this world or with this show, I think that's one thing that's really important to knock out is that just like you said, yeah, uh, cars catch on fire. Electric cars definitely catch on fire, but tell me, and that's, this, this is where I think people miss out on. It's why scientific illiteracy is such a, an important thing to talk about of that one Tesla that caught on fire, how many gas engine vehicles caught on fire that same day? That is worth exploring just to know. I mean, again, it's it's all probabilities. Yeah, and it's just very unlikely that those will be in the headlines. That's the thing. And it's very likely that the that the Tesla that catches fire will. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's 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 Elon Musk has villain status, maybe deservedly so. And so telling people that his cars are a death trap are clickbaity. You know, that's, and that's just, I get it, you know, and, and I hope other people get that too. The other thing I want to move on to is, uh, in terms of the objections to moving to EV is something that I, I wonder about too, is the, the lack of infrastructure, you know, the, the, you've seen, I don't know if you've seen this, but, uh, I've seen clips where people were waiting to get into a charge station and the line was a mile long and their car, their battery car died before they got to the charger and, you know, calamitous, you know, right. It's, it, it just doesn't seem like we have the ability. If everyone tomorrow went and bought a brand new electric car, we'd all be screwed. Okay. Now talking about anecdotal versus whatever empirical anecdotally, I almost always and parking lots almost always the electric vehicle reserved spot is empty like you're always driving oh i see a great parking spot up front you get there oh that's for electric vehicles only and it's a charging station like i almost always like have that happen like i've i can't remember a time where i've driven by and said hey all six electric vehicle uh, charging spots are taken like maybe maybe at ikea or something like that where it's just like the whole lot's full and so you know, maybe they're charging, maybe they're just taking up the space because it was the only one available. 
I will say it's a very regional thing because mm. I've when I was in California last earlier, I guess last year at this point, um, I was at just like a very basic hotel, uh, not anything fancy, and they had like six spots up front that were electrical electric vehicle charging spots. So I mean, I, I think maybe those lines you might see in middle America where that infrastructure, as you mentioned, isn't necessarily suited for. Uh, that many, you know, a, a bunch of vehicles trying to charge all at once. But I guess, you know, if we're talking about these vehicles being practical, cross-country, potentially vehicles, you can't be a regional solution. You have to have a cross-country solution for those vehicles to, you know, be practical on a, on a large scale. It is it is a fun regional phenomenon to go to, like, deep west Texas, as I often will have to do for the day job. And you know, you pull up at the uh, the luxurious Holiday Inn there in Wichita Falls, and ask where their electric see... charging station is. Oh, there that's the thing. They're there, and it's like, why are they there? You know, <laughs> like, I know I, I I'm glad they're there, yeah. but I'm also looking around at the people that are, you know, begrudgingly just sneering at that that little spot right there for those. GD electric vehicle. Those now, how do those GD work? EVs. Is there like a uh, like a credit card swipe kind of thing? Is that how those work? Hot dog. Do you drop coins in there like the uh, like the air air machines at the gas station? Like, oh man, where are all the quarters? I got to go inside and get changed so I can put some some volts in the battery. Maybe that's it. I I will commit to hot dog being my placeholder <laughs> holder word for when I can find definitely it. edit an that out. Answer for you, Dan. Oh no, no, we're. Uh, we're going we're going reality we're going real we're keeping it real dan so dan I, i've i've shown my hand here i've said like look this is something i'm way into where is dan what's what say you how, how about a mini quite frankly with dan franks <laughs> to ring in the new year well you know it's several observations one when you mentioned the people that were like anti-electric vehicle i don't know if i've met people that are anti-electric vehicle i think the people i've met are like anti the need for electric vehicles and like, why why do we need those? Uh, I will say in my neighborhood, it's not a lot of people that probably care about global warming, but see quite a few Teslas driving around. So I don't think it's, you know, all these people that are very environmentally conscious are the ones that are trying to find out how to drive electric vehicles. And all the people that don't care about them are the ones with the dually diesel trucks. So I don't think it's necessarily a binary choice on, on, on that standpoint. So... But the other thing I've always wondered is the like the environmental impact of the electric vehicles because you know the the opponents whoever they are the people that are you know say they're not necessary they're not actually saving the environment would say well the electricity that it takes to charge them and you know all of the 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 factories that are making those vehicles like they're polluting just as much as you know, gas vehicles and the, the, like I said, the battery charging electricity is just as bad for the environment as the gas coming out of the other one. So, you know, and I, and I don't know the answer to that, but I definitely see that argument of, oh, oh it's just like shifting. It's shifting the issue yeah. as opposed to solving an overall issue. Yeah, no, I've seen that too. And, and from, from my, again, we are not, do not put men seeking tomahawks in your bibliography. Do not do that. But from what I've read, I have read that even if you're getting dirty power to power an electric vehicle to charge it, you're still one up on the ice, the, the internal combustion engine. That's that's what I've read, but I'm dumb. Admittedly so. So, so there's that, but, but in terms of you, like you're, you know, your next vehicle, you know, you, so Several years ago, I introduced Dan to the concept of rolling coal, which is uh, people who have diesel engines who uh, like to make them worse for the environment <laughs> than they come. Dan had a uh, Volkswagen. He didn't understand what I was I was getting at when I when I brought this up to him, but he uh, he had a Volkswagen at the time when Volkswagen was exposed as really pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. They weren't telling Dan, the truth. Dan did not know what a horrible human being he was being just by driving his little Passat. So, so Dan, you, you know, you've, you've ruined, you've ruined everything. What, what say you are, are we still driving the Passat? Are we thinking about trading it in for, 
you know, maybe one of these things. I mean, you, you should know the Passat got totaled driving home from your house several, several years ago <laughs> after a late, rec- late night recording session. So the Passat has, uh, is long since RIP'd. Um, Moment of peace. Stay hard, Passat. Yeah, stay hard, Passat, uh, with your rolling coal. Um, but no, I, I've Dan, been... Dan was sober. I, I think it's pointed, well, to, well important to point out how mature and responsible Dan was leaving the old... Yeah, I mean, I was walking with a limp only because I got T-boned on the driver's side of the car. Um, it was not a fun evening, uh, but we, we got past that. But yeah, I, I've been fascinated with the idea of the electric cars, honestly, ever since I saw that documentary, because it seemed like such a novel concept. So now seeing it so much in the mainstream is really cool. And, and I think we are probably going to get into this in the next segment, but uh, you and I both have vested interest at this point in t- future potential electric vehicles. So, yeah, I'm super into the idea. I still drive to uh, gas-burning, uh, environment-killing uh, vehicles, and uh, my, my hope is that they last until I can get something that maybe is electric or hybrid. I will tell you my background is obviously accounting. I say obviously. Anyone who's listened to the original 82 knows that. Uh, we haven't talked about it much on the more recent episodes, but yeah, so taxes was something that I, I spent a good majority of my life, uh, my professional career focusing on. And there's also some exciting tax breaks that come along with electric vehicles and maybe some more coming in the future. So that's something else that has me excited is the ability to get this vehicle that is a new novel concept and also maybe get a little bit of cash back from the government in the process. I like it. I like it, guys. So coming up next, we're going to delve into your options. So you want to buy an electric vehicle. Let's talk about that and where we stand on it. Also, Dan has graciously uh, invited us all to accept his financial life advice. So he's going to tell you exactly what you need to do. So stay tuned. But first, guys, we're going to move from the uh, indie scene in the Isle of Man over to the EDM dance music from London. This is Brother Snare with Room to Breathe right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. Right then. 
them dance just for Danny. All the way from London, that was Brother Snare with Room to Breathe Dan. Put those those glow sticks away. Song's over. Just stop the molly. Just calm down. Calm down, Dan. Where did those UFO pants come from? <laughs> you have about three minutes before it kicks in, so let's go. <laughs> oh, oh ooh, gosh. I think this is going to be fun. I think we need to delve into these options because, you know, recently, even in this last week, several manufacturers uh, have previewed what their electric pickups are going to look like. Uh, several startups are in on this. And uh, now, you know, the the big boys, the big boys are getting in on this, Dan. So, you know, here to me is a little bit of a rundown of the, the landscape the electric trucks. And I don't think we specified and, uh, that on the front end, but like it's trucks, specifically trucks for this segment. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's where I'm at. Man, I, you know, I'm I'm a 40-year-old dude, right? I need a I need a truck. I need a truck to do things, Dan. And that's just what's going on here. So the first one we're going to talk about is the the word that you said many times mm. in this last segment. We are going to talk about the Tesla Cybertruck. It was uh, introduced to us years ago. We're still kind of waiting around to see if this thing actually happens. But uh, in my notes here, Dan, I've written, it is one of the most unique looking divisive vehicles ever created. What say you? It's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like unique is a nice way to say like it's not great looking. God. You, I remember I was at a party at your house one day with all these people. They were all wearing monocles and top hats. And I, I'm sitting here just, you know, wearing a, a Brooklyn brawler style, <laughs> just tattered shirt and, you know, asking for table scraps. And I remember Dan looking at me like, oh, you just want it because it's funny. And when we were talking about me having put down my $100 for the, the Cybertruck deposit, but I don't think it's ugly. Dan, I'm going to be real honest with you. I think that being a child born in 82, having watched the Back to the Future trilogy upwards of 500 times, the DeLorean has always been something of a miraculous entity to me. And seeing the Cybertruck, that's all I could think about. This is the future. This is what... Doc Brown would be presenting to me on on in front of my house. Just to so be clear, it doesn't go. look like a DeLorean. Yes, it does. It looks like a DeLorean truck. To, it's stainless steel, just like the DeLorean, okay. right? It's angular, very much like John DeLorean's, you know, cocaine dream. I I mean, I think that the the Cybertruck is as close to a DeLorean as any of us will get. And it's from the future because it's not powered by Mr. Fusion or petrol. Yeah, I mean, just when I saw the the renderings, and I guess they probably have prototypes out there, but I was like, there's no way that that thing will like be driving down the street as it's presented in the current form, right? Like, is that the form factor they're they're mass producing it in? Uh, who knows? I mean, that, that's that's the question that's still out there. Now, the tagline of this vehicle is better utility than a truck. With more performance than a sports car, which I think you can say about most of these EV trucks at this point. Uh, but yes, Dan, it's, I mean, essentially, you're looking at a stainless steel, very angular wedge of a truck with armored glass windows. It's all wheel drive, just like mo- most of these vehicles are. Can do zero to 60 in three seconds with a 500 mile range asterisk yeah which i mean those stats you know we were talking about like what the you know the the current tesla models will do speed wise like you used to only see those speeds from like six figure sports vehicles right like aston martins and you know some of these ferraris and lamborghinis and all these and that are made for you know the need for speed and this is like a vehicle where it's like no it's 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 truck but it also can do these really amazing almost uh you know feats that that defy physics yeah and i mean and 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 a price tag that's nowhere near those uh exotic what did you say the price tag would be 
with the the range and see this is lots of asterisks here the range that was quoted when this vehicle was initially announced was uh 40 to 70 grand now that was before supply chain craziness it was before you know the cost of things went bonkers so maybe maybe we'll still see a cyber truck if it does indeed happen come in at that 40 to 70k range but it's tough to say it's tough to say if it happens or if it can possibly happen you know at at, at that price point <laughs> I, I i don't know like with with tesla and a lot of these things are under wraps that's the other thing is some of these companies like a tesla are really good about not announcing any or not, you know, like rolling out all of a sudden, okay, now we're ready for our first 10,000 people to get it. Like we went from not sh- shipping one out of the factory until that. So like, there's definitely, especially when it comes to Tesla, um, you know, they value secrecy and, and, and what they've got going on. So like you said, it could be something that they've put on the back burner and isn't going to happen for another five years, or it could be something that, you know, we turn on the the stock ticker one day and the sky the stock skyrocketing because they started shipping them off the lot or it could never happen yeah you know i mean that's uh, and that's that's so and that's what i i hate about this you know i i hate that this company that seems so poised to do something so interesting could be led by an a-hole who really is no is not capable of getting this sort of thing across the finish line. Okay, no, that, no, 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 but he is absolutely capable, but it's a matter of, of intent, right? Like, he's got an electric vehicle, like you can put a different body on it and build out and make it a truck, right? Like, that's something right. that can be done. But with with specifically Elon Musk we're talking about, like he's busy putting rockets in space and trying to get civilians to Mars, like those are things he's trying to do. Um, he's got- Calling people who save children in caves pedophile yeah. for some reason yeah he's, i mean he's busy you know spewing card, spewing you know <laughs> covid misinformation and uh all yeah. of that and he's uh you know he's got what is the cyber loop is that one of his things yeah that's <laughs> gosh so 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 indicative of what i'm what i'm inferring here yeah so i mean it, it's not a matter of of you know ability it's much more a matter of like where are these you know resources going to be pointed I mean, quite honestly, like if they were just able to get more te- regular Teslas off the off the assembly line, they could keep selling them. Like there's obvi- there's a back order of those, so they could mm-hmm. just say from a financial standpoint, it's more it's more it's better for the company to just keep selling those cars until the demand goes down because those are already manufacturing. Uh, but you know, if they want to to shift some of that focus or that manufacturing to the truck, like they could. So that that's where I wanted to stop you because it's not a matter of if they could, it's just if they decide to. That's a great. I mean, dude, there's so much there to explore. I I don't know. Each, each one of these electric trucks, once they get announced, they sell out of their first phase type thing. So there there is such a demand there. Like you said, it's a funky looking truck. To me, like I I went in on it because it was a hundred bucks. And it looked funky. And that basically what like holds your spot in line. Holds my spot in line. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, it could. To me, like this thing could scream so loudly, midlife crisis. I don't know, but it could also be a super safe EV, too. So, yeah, it's hard. So to me, the 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 jury is just still out on it. It's only a hundred bucks, and it's refundable. So I'm like, okay, whatever happens, happens. So. The moving on though, the uh, the entity that I think that Dan and I are more uh, the Venn diagram is a little bit more caressing of each other. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is the Rivian, the Rivian, Dan. So uh, recently, God, there's so much recent movement on all of these. The Rivian most recently uh, got the uh, Motor Trend Truck of the Year award which is why I started to kind of look at this thing. This, uh, this, this is a startup and is backed by Amazon and Ford. To me, again, you add that to the truck of the year award. And when you hear who's kind of backing it, you kind of get the, the feeling that, you know, maybe there's something worth, worth looking at much more trucky. If that's a descriptor, 
than the Cybertruck. And, uh, you know, I start to read about it. It's, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know if you, if you have the same feeling as I do, but I don't feel like these are being marketed towards the same people that are buying the, the, the work truck. I feel like these are just people that are tired of SUVs and kind of want something that's a little more interesting. Well, Rivian has two models. One's the truck and one's the SUV. Mm-hmm. So the one that you're interested in is the truck. And the one that my family has expressed interest in uh, is the SUV. So I wouldn't say from our standpoint, it's people that are trying to get away from the SUV, but it's more people that like are like, oh, okay, the current electric vehicle lineup available, mainly sedans, uh, coupes, whatever. Uh, and this looks like the real first player to be able to put out a larger vehicle. Uh, the SUV yeah. has a third row, so it's a full-size SUV like the larger ones that all the other manufacturers are putting out from a gas perspective. Uh, the truck, the R1T, looks like a truck that you would expect. It doesn't. It's not trying to look super wacky like the Tesla. Um, <laughs> it it they, it has like some little things about it that makes it you know stand out as okay there's something different about that um yeah. headlights look a little funky and just some some features right. that you know probably it's, it's just molding right they're just there to look a little funkier than a normal vehicle would um but by and large if you see it driving down the road it doesn't scream like hey there's something really weird that's passing by Def- yeah definitely a different approach than the cyber truck I, I do like i do like the what I see from it, 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 you're right. It's, it's far more sane than the cyber truck and they're delivering like this, this truck is actually to be had right now. Like people are driving this around. So I, I like Tesla. I like what they're doing, but I also don't know if I'm ever going to see their vehicle and I know they're not producing it right now. So, you know, this to me, just overall, this thing that people seem to be embracing seems to be the more sane option yeah um yeah i don't have a whole lot more thoughts just because it's because it's like shipping and people can see it driving down the road relatively soon uh it feels a lot lot more attainable but but it's it's interesting because like it is you know it's backed by those companies by the amazon the ford Mm -hmm. but it's it's a it's a startup company though they're financial backers but it's not their company it's not an amazon company it's not a ford company so like to me, it almost still feels more like vaporware than the Tesla truck because Tesla, like the Tesla truck is a different model for a manufacturer that's already putting lots of vehicles on the road. Whereas this is a startup, which startups go under all the time. Even after they start shipping products, they quickly can run out of money or, or something can happen and then it can just stop. So it's weird because the Tesla truck is not on the road, but it has the Tesla brand behind it. Whereas the Rivian is putting a limited number of cars on the road and, and more and more each week at this point. Uh, but because it is a startup, it, it feels like it could be a house of cards that you just, it goes under. Um, I don't want it to be because, you know, you, you said you put the deposit down on the Tesla. We also both have deposits down on these as far as I know. Um, like, yeah, so, so, you know, we, we believe in it, but refundable deposit. Of course, when I'm like putting down that deposit, I'm like, okay, but if this goes under, like, am I going to have to get a lawyer to get my $1,000 <laughs> back? Like, like how, how does this work? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And, you know, I, I was, I sent you a message and I put my deposit down and it's like, cool, like you're currently in line and it looks like you'll, you'll summer 2024, your SUV will be to you. And I was like, oh, that's like two and a half years away, but my, my cars can make it that long. I, I know it's impulsive, and but basically I've hedged my bets <laughs> and just said, yes, if you make an, an, an electric truck, let me give you money to get in line. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, you know, part of me to fast forward is just like Cybertruck, cool. Rivian, cool. Ford, Chevy, Dodge, cool. Just one of you just give, just shut up, take my money and I'll be happy. That's a good point you make. You know, Rivian seems like they've got their S together, but we don't know, you know, because Tesla seems like it doesn't have its S together and yet, like you said, there's that that brand viability that that seems like it could be a thing that you 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 could bet on, but it's hard to say. 
Now, before we bump into the the big brands, you know, the people that have been around for hundreds of years, I thought we should uh, go ahead and take a moment to uh, do another commercial spot here, Dan. Critics are raving about Trevor Rendezvous in Debrickashaw. Considered a three-star recruit by Rivals.com, I was ranked as the number 29 offensive guard prospect in the nation, and I chose Virginia over Michigan State. Trevor Rendezvous exclaims, a triumph. While attending the University of Virginia, I played for the Virginia Cavaliers football team. Trevor Rendezvous's mom says, you'll think he's just reading from DeBrickishaw Ferguson's Wikipedia page, but you're super wrong about that. I started 49 games for the Cavaliers and was named to the consensus All-America first team during my final season. The manager at the best Western extended stay in Decatur, Texas shouts, you will not actually see this play at our motel. I did this while earning a religious studies degree in only 3.5 years. Do not look back on your wasted life and say, gosh, I really should have seen Trevor Rendezvous' seminal performance in Debrickishaw, the life and times of Debrickishaw Ferguson. For more, go to Zombo.com. And we are back. Man, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that brand and or product, Dan. Yeah, it's cool that, uh, you know, speaking of, of brands and stuff, like our, our, our hosting service has that new feature where they're able to insert ads and, uh, you know, whoever, wherever the demand's at, that's that what ad gets put in there. So, like, somebody could be listening several weeks from now or months from now, and it could be a Rivian ad, it could be a Tesla ad. Um, we don't know, but it's super exciting to have that. So, appreciate a shout-out to Captivate for lining that one up. So, so Dan, to, to wrap up here, I just wanted to mention how, you know, uh, Ford has in the last couple months did a big unveiling about not only a fully electric, but also a really interesting hybrid model. And then just this week, we heard about Chevrolet, you know, keeping in step. And then Dodge came in and also announced that they were going to be doing something with a Ram that is electric. And I think that's really cool, right? Because like you said, we don't know about Rivian. We don't know about Tesla, but we do know that Ford can make trucks because they've been doing so for forever. So is Chevy, so is Dodge. Here's the thing that I have highlighted here though. And, and it's the thing that it goes back to that whole anecdotal versus empirical thing. It's really cool that they are actually able and capable of doing like bringing vehicles to market but when you start reading these you know really deep in the 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 weeds blogs right you start to read about these people who have gone to the established dealers and the experience is not good and the msrp is not reflected on the end cost for them that's that's what i'm concerned about so like it kind of brings up like a like a, it's almost like a choose your own adventure thing, right? Do you want to go with an unestablished brand who may or may not be able to bring a product to market? Or uh, do you want to consider a Ford or Chevy or Dodge who the the people there seem unknowledgeable of the, the product or they're marking it up egregiously compared to what you thought you were going to spend? It's tough. This is a, this is a tough dilemma. And I'm not familiar with this. Is this a dealer thing? Like the dealers are are selling it for it's, that's whatever it. they want. Like they're paying yeah. their whatever stock price that they put cars on lots. But then technically right. they're allowed to put whatever price tags on, they want on it. And we're used to at least until the current supply chain issues. Like you go in there and maybe the the sticker price is that MSRP, and you know you're going to negotiate it down. Like most people know the dealer pays one price. The MSRP that the manufacturer puts on the vehicle is another price. And you do your best to find somewhere in the middle. But now you're saying, like, instead yeah. of, like, finding somewhere in the middle, they're, like, jacking it up from there. And it's like, hey, no negotiation. Supply and demand, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and that's this is really interesting because these unestablished brands do not have the dealership model. 
So when you go to their website, you're looking at the price you are going to to pay, which I feel like that's where most consumers of our age bracket are comfortable. Even Tesla, right? right? Like Tesla is same thing. Exactly. Established at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You see what you're going to, what they say it's going to cost and you're like, okay, here's take my money. But it seems like, and again, this is anecdotal looking at what consumers experiences have been when they walk into a dealership, they are shocked by the things that they are charged for that they did not expect. And so to me, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's such a, you know, scale thing, right? You're like, okay, do I want to go with this thing that is a wild card in Elon Musk and Rivian and whoever else, or do I want to go with a established part of America, you know, ingrained in the fabric of America type company like Ford or Chevy and go into their dealership and take whatever, you know, markups that they're going to do. It's, it's, it's so tricky. Got to wonder if that model's going away too. the whole dealership model and middleman model. Like when you see these new companies coming and just like completely doing away with that. Like at some point, these other these manufacturers could see that and be like, "Hey, that that model, like, why not sell direct? Like, okay, let's leave the dealers there, but like, we could also sell direct, um, just because it feels like that fits much more, like you said, like the millennial and the Gen Z coming through. Like, you don't go into Walmart or Target and like hassle and negotiate prices, um, but you yeah. know, a hundred years ago, people would go to the market and haggle and negotiate. Like, it feels like, you know, your standard shopping has long since phased away from that and there's not a whole lot of uh not a whole lot of industries where you're still having to do that having to play those games having to go in and like wonder what your actual price is going to be up or down like going in and seeing like oh if i can talk them down or go in and and on this situation be like hey what's you know how much more are they going to tack on before i actually know my final price so you know that's that's probably a larger conversation but yeah it does feel like one model is trying to see, okay, what's like, what are, what are just people doing? Like, how are they buying everything else in life? Let's sell them the car the same way. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's 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 transparency versus a big old question mark. I mean, and, and it, it really, it comes, I think it, like you said, it comes down to who it is who's trying to open up the checkbook and, and get this thing done. And I think the people that are most interested in investing in this sort of technology are going to be the people who are more interested in doing something that is more forthright and less finagly. So I don't know. That's like I said, Dan, that's, that's kind of where I want to leave it. It's a (laughs) smorgasbord of options and dilemmas. And I don't know, I'm I'm excited about the future, but who the f knows? I mean, you never know when when everyone when all the listeners roll up to Tomahawk Stock 2024 live from to be determined uh, city and state and uh, on the to be determined date, they might see two two big Rivians just parked out front, just like uh, nose to nose, the electric uh, powering the entire stage set. Like, oh yeah, just mm, plug it into the, the back thing. of my truck. We can turn on the. We can turn on the lights. EV monster trucks. That's something that just came into my head. We need to talk about that at a later. Now date. that when because I said tonight, there might be a there, there's not the culture clash that I see uh, in my neighborhood <laughs> with the electric vehicle drivers and those who are against it. Um, you might be crossing the line there, buddy. Like don't don't ungas mm-hmm. our monster trucks. So guys, once again, we have gone wheels off and put this installment of men seeking tomahawks firmly in a ditch. Be sure to subscribe to the program on your preferred podcast app. Become a tomahawk-seeking person by joining us over on The Social. And to hear more from the musicians featured on the program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack, I am Dan. No shenanigans here. 2022.